Well, today we finish off the epistle to the Romans, and uh, it's also first uh, Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, because of kind of a lack of manpower here, I'm not going to be able to do uh, adoration and benediction. Um, but uh, we're still mindful that we can uh, uh, obey Our Lady's uh, request and to um, fulfill uh, our first Saturday um, devotions. So here we have the end of the epistle to the Romans. Uh, and this has been quite, quite a journey, really, a, quite a privilege to be able to go through almost all of the book of Romans together over the past three weeks. And uh, some really neat things here. Uh, notice, for example, this uh, one of the lines here says, I, Tertius, the writer of this letter, greet you in the Lord. In the ancient world, it was very uncommon for an author to actually be the one who took the pen and put it to the paper and wrote. Very uncommon. The Normally how things worked was the people spoke and listened. It was a very oral culture. And so even uh, great authors, they very rarely actually wrote their own books. They normally dictated them, and someone else, a secretary... Uh, technically called an amanuensis secretary, was there present and would take the, take the dictation down, write it down. And uh, there were various relationships between the, the, the secretary and the author. So sometimes the secretary tried to get uh, word for word and he would do shorthand and he would write really, really quick. Um, other times he got the general idea and then he kind of went away and he sort of filled in the gaps. Um, in either of those two scenarios, though, he would have had to do a final draft. He never wrote, like, one of the final draft right off the bat. He'd have to go back and he'd have to work on what he, what the author, uh, had dictated. Also, sometimes an author would say, okay, this is the general idea that I want to get across, just write that for me. <laughs> and then the secretary would do that. So, there were various kind of, uh, relation, uh, degrees of relationship between how much the author was writing, how much the secretary was writing. Uh, maybe there might be more than one secretary. Uh, it's known pretty well now, though, that uh, St. Paul's letters are extremely long, and he was very intentional. He knew that he, was, he wasn't writing just an occasional letter for the heck of it. You know, He, w- he was writing uh, scripture that would be read in future generations, would be transmitted as a, as a patrimony to the church. He, he understood that. That's what he was doing. Uh, would have been a massive investment. Paul's letters were much, much longer than your average letter would have been in that day. And uh, it might have taken even weeks to write one of these letters. It could have been that much of an investment of time, and it would have involved multiple people. And as far as cost is concerned, uh, I, again, I've read estimates, something like equivalent of Romans would have cost something like $2,000. To write. I mean, if you were to put it into today's equivalence, about $2,000, he would have had to invest in the kind of material. Um, you know, they didn't have computers and printers and whatnot. So it was a huge investment and involved a community of people to produce Romans. And you see at the end how, uh, how much the Christians were supportive of one another and how much they depended upon each other and how much together communally they worked together. So you see right off the bat that everybody's, they're meeting in houses. You'd have one member of the church who was a wealthy, uh, a wealthy member and he would basically be a patron. And he would open up his house and he'd have a large room and that's where they would gather for the, for the Eucharistic celebration. 
And, uh, you know, they, they talk about um, Gaius, who was host to me and to the whole church. And then uh, Prisca and, and Aquila were, were a married couple. They were basically missionaries. They risked their lives for Paul um, and says, greet the church at their house as well. They were a wealthy couple and they had houses in different places. I think they had a house in Ephesus. They had a house in Corinth and these different places. And they would host uh, the Eucharistic gatherings at their houses. So you see how much they, they depended upon each other um, and how much they loved each other. And, uh, you know, can we, can we today uh, recall and remember that, that we still need each other like that? And we're dependent upon the communion of the saints in general. Salvation is a group project. It's not an individual affair. It's a group project. So we depend upon Our Lady, for example, whom we commemorate today. And we uh, depend upon one another and one another's prayers and love and active charity for each other. Um, going out of our way to communicate, to be transparent, and to support one another. And uh, it's a, I can say myself, it's a beautiful thing that these daily masses and the daily mass group that comes together, we're the, we're the kind of the base of the church. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing. We need to be proud of that and then kind of, um, uh, you know, further that all the more. So today we remember uh, the group dimension and the group dynamics of our Christian faith and of salvation.